Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is uh, episode number 17. I am Joe the Widget, and I am joined by my amazing co-host, and it is way too early in the morning. We are recording in the morning today because of scheduling things, and it's Super Bowl weekend. I am joined by my amazing co-host, starting with Mr. Rook. I don't care about Super Bowl this week, but I've been up for three hours already, so let's get nerdy. And the Archon. He says it's super early, but it's 9.30 your time. That's not early. I didn't say super early. I said early, <laughs> I think. Anyway, it's I'm early. Pretty sure, you, pretty sure you said super early. My brain officially doesn't start working until 10 a.m., even though I, I start work at 7.30 in the morning. If you only yeah. had a brain. It's like afternoon here, so I'm good. Yeah, 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 Mr. East Coast. Well, today we have a lot of news. We're going to be, this is going to be an episode mostly of just, just news articles in our week. We've got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. We're going to start with our weeks. Mr. Rook, you've got a lot going on, man. Well, my notes look like I got a lot, but let's go through it. Uh, it was pretty much an easy week for me in the nerdum. I didn't do too much. Uh, continuing to read the Deathgate cycle, I have failed on my daily aspect of reading at least a chapter. So I'm failing. Watch some TNG. And because I have ADD, I always am doing something else other than just focusing on the TV show. And I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this reel that was funny. It's a mashup of Rent the Musical and the Star Trek franchise. So instead of like 500... 26,500 minutes, they go 526,500 series or spinoffs or stuff like that, just talking about how popular the Star Trek franchise is. It, it made me laugh because it's the cast from uh, Discovery doing it. Yeah, it's, you know, the the whole musical episode thing or music musical thing is not new to Star Trek. I think every series has at least one episode that was a musical. Yeah, but this wasn't an episode. It was just a little... Yeah, plug I'm just about the franchise. <laughs> a little bit of tidbit there. Hey, they Strange New Worlds has the best musical. So far, out of all the series, Strange New Worlds had the best musical episode. I do not like musicals at all. So I skipped through well, about can't half be of that anymore. episode. <laughs> I love musicals. Um, they're, they're some of my favorite things, especially like Hugh Jackman is actually a good singer. Uh, yeah, The Greatest Showman. Okay, yeah. so I don't like musicals either, but I did really enjoy The Greatest Showman. For some reason, guilty pleasure, I do enjoy the Pitch Perfect series. That's just not a musical. Fun. That's just amazing movies. They're me. They're technically musicals. A musical is the one where they sing more than half of their lines when they should have been talking. Pitch Perfect uh, is a movie that features music. Big difference. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pitch All Perfect's right. not a musical. But uh, Greatest Showman... That one, they do, like, bust into song about their what they should be talking about on several parts throughout that movie. So that one I would consider a musical. Yeah, that one's definitely musical. It is do you guys want to talk to about our, our, our guilty pleasures right now in movies? Because I have one that I don't ever admit to that I love. My son knows this. Well, then he, throw it out there. He was addicted to him with me. That was the Step Up series, particularly two and three. They're not bad, I actually. And revolution, those are pretty good. Wait, and, okay, which one are those? The ones with uh, Channing Tatum in them? Um, I think he was. His... He and may might have been in the first one. Uh, the first one was. The first one was yeah. garbage. Um, it's the dance movies. Yeah, there's there's so many dance up movies, dude. Step, Step up, up is, is the biggest. Dance. Yeah, it's purely dance. It's the biggest oh. one out there, and it's by far the best. Like Step Up Three, and there's one character 
Moose that he was prominently featured in three, which made it the best. Mm. And it, it's so good. There's a lot there's of also, Yeah, there's also like Save the Last Dance is another big dance one. There's also uh, the one of my personal favorites is uh, Stomp the Yard. That one's pretty awesome. Stop the That's actually good. a good one, too. Uh, I actually like that one. But if you haven't seen Step Up 3, you need to. I need to watch the entire Step Up series because I haven't watched a lot of them. One and the I'm, last one were eh. I think I've That's, only ever seen the first one. And I'm actually haven't actually sat down to watch Pitch Perfect 2 and 3, but I did like one. But I like actually just watching the clips of them actually just singing. They went downhill after one a little bit. But the final songs in two and three, I still have on my playlist. Yeah, they're actually good songs. Yeah. They're actually good. Let's see. My guilty pleasure movie. I'm not sure, actually, because uh, like, I like Grease. I don't like Grease 2, but I like Grease. I can watch that multiple times. But Step Up, I like. Uh, Stomp the Yard, I liked. I'm more into the action movies, though, more so than oh, those Comedies kind of and action are my, are my stick. I have a really yeah. hard time watching any kind of martial arts movie because of my years and years in martial arts. I critique it way too much. I That's just a martial arts movie. If you're watching like a good martial arts movie, like um, they're almost all I... kung fu nowadays. They don't feature any of the like Budo. Like like 1980s and 90s. No, talk... 90s. Yeah, I'm talking like the Ong Bak series. Those are good martial arts. Ong Bak was pretty yep. good. I'll give those, you that. Those are good. It goes a little bit overboard, but all of them do. They're supposed to. It's it's Hollywood foo. Yeah. But when it comes to the actual fighting, one of my favorites, the acting was kind of crappy, was Best of the Best. I don't think I've seen that one. It was more true to what martial arts is like in tournament fighting, except for the, you know, um, Taekwondo don't fight scenes. Those are ridiculous. Classic. But. Classic, classic martial arts tournament fighting, blood sport. Yeah, <laughs> <not> fighting. <laughs> but yeah, it, it. it was not bad. The fighting was so, ridiculous. I'm sorry, but the best martial arts movie ever made was the very first Mortal Kombat movie, sir. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. That's what I saw that first one in the theaters when I was nine years old or ten years old, and I started martial arts right after that, the week after. If you're the talking fact about that those if guys, you're talking about, if you're talking about the first Mortal Kombat movie, as in like the first one of the new series. Then, then I'll, I'll give you that. That martial arts was pretty good. Those fighting scenes were good. I was being a smart aleck, man. I was talking about the very first, the really cheesy one. If you want to, I mean, if you're talking about cheesy, then we're talking Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, God, that's even worse. That's right. Oh, that, is, that doesn't exist. That's just, that's a bad memory, a bad right, No, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, the fact that they're pulling out those martial arts stunts while wearing In those full suits. rubber suits. <laughs> I, I full animatronic helmets and everything. Could I do that? I'm a I'm a master. I don't know if how well I could pull it off. Those guys got talent. Mm-hmm. Or, or you guys remember this, Jim? Three ninjas. Oh yes, I remember. Oh God, I was trying to forget. <laughs> uh, I also like Chuck Norris's sidekick. Sidekick was actually I, I that one that wasn't movie. terrible. I'll give yeah, you that. And I completely it. forgot all about but that one. You gotta remember, Chuck Norris was a world karate champion. So, Friday Kid, yeah. 1, 2, and 3, still some of my favorites. Yeah. They are. And I awesome liked enough. the new one a lot, but I it, it drove me nuts they called it Karate Kid and not Kung Fu Kid like it was everywhere else in the world except for America. Yeah. That, I don't know why they, they, why they, they did that. They were learning that. Kung Fu. Yeah, exactly. And Jackie Chan was amazing that, in that movie. No the best martial arts cartoon ever 
Jackie Chan Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he did all of his own stunts in that, too. <laughs> now, the best comedy ever made is uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. And nothing mm. can change my mind on that. I won't mm. argue. Followed up by every Mel Brooks movie. Almost. <laughs> I have yet to find a Mel Brooks movie. I do not laugh my I, butt I didn't off. like his... Um, the ones like the origins of the world, I forgot the name of it. History of the world part History two. History of the world. I didn't like those that much. But those were his I early think works. There was only one. It he, was he, did a, he did a new he one did. recently. Recently, yes, but the original was History of the World Part Two. Yeah. It, he it was, literally made it was okay, but I am a huge Mel Brooks fan. He was he is a comedic genius. My but we've answer, talked about that before. My answer of forty two comes from History of the World. This answer to life, happiness, and everything. I thought that it's was... 42. That's Hitchhiker's Guide to That's the Galaxy. That's Hitchhiker's Galaxy. I thought that was... Okay, so I got him backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Back. That's, it's been a while. Now that All we right. got on a big tangent, what else you got going on, man? Uh, well, I played some battle uh, Battlegrounds. God, I gotta stop... And, uh, I gotta stop abbreviating everything. Baldur's <laughs> Gate 3. <laughs> played some Baldur's Gate 3. So I'm running through Underdark, and I crafted Mithril Armor and a Shield for Shadowheart, and now she has 20 AC already. Made Lazelle a dual-wielding Eldritch Knight, which so far has been an interesting build. She's actually dealing more damage than normal at the start of combat. However, running through it, my favorite combo so far has been my character, an Elementalist Monk, Shadowheart, who I always reclass to Life Domain. Oh, you have to. You have to if you want to make it through the game, because you have to burn through so many heal spells at times. Karlak, who's the Frenzy Barbarian, and then I like Will, her a lot, but I, I prefer Lizelle. I actually like Karlak. If you build her stats right, she's actually really, really good. Uh, she has... I don't that think is she a popular once. opinion, for sure. Well, because you have to give her high um, constitution for her defense. Yeah. That way, she actually has a decent defense. Because I have her on my on my personal game. I use her, but I actually use full armor on her, don't. which actually worked out pretty well the way I built her. I don't just because I give her a really high constitution, so she gets a pretty good defense as it is. And then plus, you can get other gear that increases defense. Like my monk. Don't get me wrong, Lazelle's pretty good. She has a. I think I. She's currently sitting at a nineteen defense. It's kind of funny that our both our personal games are monks, but I didn't go. Element, I didn't go elementalist. The monk is just fun to play, especially on They're PC. Brutal. For and some I reason, have, I get like two extra attacks than normal, and I just I butcher everything. I've noticed this on PC. Playing as a monk on PC is more brutal than playing a monk on console. It's a big difference playing on PC, isn't it? I hit a lot more. Uh, now, granted, I've rolled on skill checks uh, with inspiration rolls i rolled three ones in a row <laughs> i pulled a u <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> my uh bad luck in rng is legendary yeah but you'll never have uh will wheaton's bad luck with actually rolling dice i've seen that and i i can <laughs> definitely compete yeah i watch i watch those rolls on critical roll and oh my god he, games where he's supposed to roll high he rolls low and a game where he can roll low he rolls high. <laughs> it never fails. <laughs> my uh, my RNG luck is is pretty terrible in games too. Like not even necessarily winning items or anything like that. Like just getting them to drop is just awful. 
Anything I want to drop never drops. Yeah. RNG for drops for me in this game have been eh. I'm not really getting a lot of good gear. Uh, but I've got good enough gear. Like, the problem with making Lazelle a dual-wielding Eldritch Knight is finding long swords that are worth carrying. Uh, obviously, she has the uh, long sword that's good for Eldritch Knights, but I need to get her a better, another set of better weapons. Going back into my game, I finished Underdark quest lines, including taking out the what do they call them? The spectator, which is a wannabe uh, beholder. I took out that creature that likes bur bur burrowing underground. I took yeah, him out. The rock douche. Yeah, I took him out really fast. The first round, I had him down to less than 25 hit points. Okay, Mr. Bragging. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because I, um... he was still high enough before he goes back in the ground, the second round, all my guys go before him, so I just took him out. <laughs> my... My personal game, I still got to play. I've been too wrapped up in other games lately. But I am at the last boss on the second chapter before you get to Baldur's Gate, and I really need to go go back into it. But I also wanted to experience new things while playing with you, Rook, so I really haven't. So uh, if you want, we can continue playing on the PlayStation, or we can switch over to playing on PC. Well, if you guys play continue on, on PC, PlayStation, okay. I was going to say, if you guys continue on the PC, then you don't have to wait for the weekend when you can go over to his yeah. house. But... but the fun thing is, it's coming over and hanging out and playing in person. Yeah, that's I, I miss that whole personal interaction. Like we get we're mm -hmm. on the couch, we chit chat and hang out and have fun. Now, what we can do is play on PC and just play at my house. <laughs> well, we need to still talk Archon into doing a three man version. That would be, have, I think that would be a blast. Have a Baldur's Gate threesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So I finished up all that, the underdark. That right quests. there. That's all it took. You talked me into Sold. it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me buy you the game, Archon. I already have it. Oh, you have it. You're just not playing it. I have yeah. it on PC. I just haven't been able to get into it. I think we, him and I started a game together and we went maybe an hour. If nice. that, yeah. yeah. What else uh, is going on? So I'm finishing up the Underdark quest. Uh, I finished them all up. I took out all of the dwarves. All of them. Including the uh, rebels. Uh, so I finished up the Underdark quest and we'll head to the mountain pass. That's the reason why Lazelle is currently in my party instead of Will. Now, the only issue I have with this game so far, and it's going to annoy the heck out of me, level cap of level 12. I mm. really hope they come out with some sort of expansions. They say they're going to support the game through 2024. I hope they are thinking about doing some expansions to give more to the story and give higher level caps. Because if it's only a level cap level 12, that means after the story, what am I going to do? If they had a new game plus where I can run through it again with my you level make new characters player, and you do it differently. That's what a lot of people do. That's what a lot of people do. But I want to play a character all the way up to level 20. See, that bothers me more than anything you've said so far. Like, what kind of arbitrary number is 12? Well, it's also based off of D&D rules, so you don't level up like typical RPG games where you go to mm -hmm. level 50. Each level takes significantly more time and effort to achieve, and it's it, it has a, a much larger impact on your characters for each level than standard RPGs. Now, if they did what Neverwinter Nights did and let you take your character that's completed the game and start over again at your level 12 thing, 
And that'd be awesome. Starting at level 12, everything's significantly stronger, and you go through to level 20. I could see that being a thing they could inst uh, do later on. But uh, back to my week. Went back in and played some Halo. Uh, for those who have been listening, I started off at Halo Reach, which by far is my favorite Halo game, just because of the story. Uh, however, I have issues with that game because... Halo Fall of Reach by Eric Nyland. That novel came out well before Halo Reach, and they retconned a lot of it. Or, if you talk to Bungie, they actually didn't retcon anything. They just made a couple of changes that are plausible within Eric Nyland's story. But I'm work I am I worked through that. I was playing it on Legendary and kept dying way too much, so I took a break from Legendary and just ran it on um, Heroic. So, I'm working on that. Lately, I've started following this new potential kickstarter for a new gaming table it's called uh the arena by game theory tables so it's a solid ash wood construction table with a 65 inch 4k custom digital display with revolutionary function touchscreen operation which is cool because it's supposed to be you can put your figurine on the thing and as you move your figure on the touchscreen it will adjust the lighting and everything like in foundry and whatnot that's not and hard to do it's not. It's just making the game recognize you got a figure on there. And you're not just touching where you're sitting. Well, I was going to say, that's not really revolutionary. I've seen that many, many times, and it's not hard to do. Well, it's not something that's really, really, really common. So for the average Joe, that would be revolutionary. Because, yes, you can play on Foundry and move a character around, uh, a token around. But having one, a touchscreen, where you have your physical token on the screen to where it will still uh, properly affect the map is pretty cool. Also, I would just use it for the basic showing a map. Uh, it's Wi-Fi enabled for in-person and remote players. So if you got people in person and you have people that are remote, it'll still show their tokens and stuff. Uh, tempered glass so that that's scratch resistant, which is awesome. It also has eight 12-volt plugs, four USB-A ports, and two USB-C ports. So it's a lot of connectivity. Um, it has an integrated cooling exhaust system. The finish is seamless with no exposed wires, which is a good thing. The only thing that they didn't mention is if they're going to make a cover that can go over the screen so you can make it a multi-function table instead of just a solely gaming table. So like putting a piece of wood over the table. For those of you who are interested in looking at it or possibly uh, uh, supporting a Kickstarter that launches February 14th, I might invest in that. And finally, my final thing for the week. If you are a nerd, there's this TV quote-unquote game show called from Dropout TV, creators of college humor, called Um Actually. It's a fun little game show where host has nerdy statements and you have to find the correction within that statement. It's actually, it tests your nerd knowledge in yeah, many I cases. Seen this. I actually really like it. It's one of my favorite shows to watch. You can find it on YouTube if you don't want to get Dropout TV. Uh, it's just like several seasons behind, but I highly recommend it if you want to be very, very, very nerdy and see how little nerd, you, nerdy stuff you know. <laughs> it makes me feel dumb at times in the nerd world. That's yeah. pretty much been my week. I have everyone has various specialties. I mean, there's some things like if they talk about anime questions, I'm done for. Nope, not happening. Oh, Every answer would everything. be One Piece. <laughs> they do have some episodes that are strictly uh, a certain theme, but they also have episodes that are just general with a bunch of different things tied into one. Archon, what have you been up to, man? I was in Chicago all week. Um, I had that training for work. 
Uh, but it gave me a lot of free time, which was nice. I got to pretty much do whatever I wanted. I also brought my Ambernick with me so that anytime we had breaks in class, I was playing on my, my little Ambernick device, which I love. I was playing old school Nintendo because I wanted to challenge myself. Uh, one game I was playing a lot. I don't know if you guys have ever even heard of this game before because it was kind of a not popular title, but it's called MC Kids. Nope. Nope. Uh, it's, you're basically these two kids, a game starts out, you're these two kids and you're like in your tent reading a story from like Ronald McDonald and you get like sucked into the world and the Hamburglar had like has stolen oh, all the card Lord. pieces and you have to go through and like, it, it, it's kind of like a side scroller, like Mario, like it's like a Mario type game, but way harder. <laughs> like I would, I would attribute it more to like Super Mario World for Super Nintendo because you could go back and forth however you want throughout the level it's not like once you go so far you can't go back but you have to like solve all these different puzzles and try and find all the cards and it, there's a lot to it but it's actually as weird as it sounds and, and, and even though it's like ronald mcdonald and stuff it's actually a super fun game um so anybody out there that's heard of mc kids shout out game's actually pretty fun um i was playing that and then i was playing uh a lot of the original teenage mutant ninja turtles game because it's still one of my favorites, even to this day. Everyone says it's like super hard, but which one? The original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh yes, from Nintendo. Yeah, on NES. God, that was so hard. The one where they all have red bandanas on the cover. For some yeah. Reason. <laughs> so I was playing through that one. I actually almost beat it while I was in class, but yeah. And uh, outside of that, class. <laughs> well, it was like when we had breaks and stuff like that, because like. The class was ridiculously easy and but there were you know there's always some people when you're in class that just don't get it so you like finish and then you're sitting there waiting for like an hour until the other people are finished so i just sit there and pull that out and play um then when i was back at the hotel um played some enshrouded uh for a little while for the first couple days and then uh started playing pal world again except this time instead of the game pass version we switched to the Steam version because the Steam version actually has a lot more features to it and it allows you to set up your own server. So we started up our own server. Um, Widget played on it with me and then another one of my friends that actually lives out in Chicago, he jumped on with us and we've been playing that for a few days. I know I've been having a lot of fun with it. I know when you play on your, your own servers, they're a little laggier than normal, but... I've learned to kind of adjust with it. I think I'm like level 30 right now, and we just started a few days before my trip ended, so we're, we're moving along pretty well. I really enjoy the aspect of the game where you get to like team up with your, your other friends and like go after the towers and stuff like that and take out the bosses together because it like scales the difficulty based on how many people are in there. That's one so, of the things like, I find very entertaining. Yeah, like we went in there to fight a boss last night and uh the boss had like 130,000 hit points and we all had like 2,000 hit points each we're just like wrecking this big boss it was a lot of fun got to go over see one of my friends uh while i was in town he actually lives in a pretty cool part of chicago there's like a a really cool place right across the street from his house that i really was intrigued by um he said it's like a it's kind of like a little bar cafe that serves like bar food and alcohol and stuff like that. But they have like a whole like tabletop gaming room 
that you can like sit there and eat and drink and stuff and play all these games that they have. And they, he said that they're constantly always running like That's five becoming or a big thing. Um, we had one of those in Buffalo, and me and my buddies went to that a couple times actually. I know there's yeah. quite, there's two or three of them in L.A. It was hopping. Like there was uh, a lot of people coming in and out of there. So there is one in L.A. that we're all going to go to when uh, we come down for uh, WonderCon. WonderCon. Oh, we yeah. are. Yeah, we, we are don't get an option. all right then i'm like we are oh okay yeah i want one of the first things i noticed like i walk into his house like me and me and my friend chris we used to play a lot of magic the gathering when he lived with me for a while and we'd have a couple other people come over and we'd all sit there and play magic the gathering well over the years i kind of stopped collecting cards and stuff like that and when I walked into his apartment, I realized he has not stopped collecting <laughs> cards. This man had more cards in his apartment than card shops. Like, it was insane. There was just boxes upon boxes and then, like, deck boxes upon deck boxes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's like, yeah, I've I've been doing some collecting. And I, so we sat there and talked about magic cards and stuff like that for a while. And he was showing me some of these like tabletop games that he has. I was like, dude, we just did an episode on this like last week. You should listen to it. <laughs> Check out funny. our show. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So it was, it was kind of funny that we were just talking about this last week. And then like he, I saw him in person and he was like kind of explaining some of these tabletop games to me. And I was like, oh, this does seem like it'd be pretty fun. One recently, that he told me. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say one that he told me I definitely should try is a game called Munchkin. That's a fun game. Munchkin is a blast. Yeah. Um, only if you're playing with people that you're really friendly with. Otherwise, it gets a little bit too... Um, heated? Heated. Yeah, he told me the whole point of the game was to try and like basically screw over the other yeah. people. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. The game of backstabbing. <laughs> yes. So I uh, had a, one of our listeners came in and talked to me in a voice chat. I think last week at some point and hung out with me and um he was asking for recommendations on uh board games that him and his wife could play together co-op and the two that i remembered that were my absolute favorite were dungeon fighter where you have to bounce dice on your table onto a target target board and that's how you do your damage you need different obstacles like it's a bounce under a, a bridge or whatever absolute blast of a game it gets a lot more fun with the expansions and Castle Panic, where you all work together to defeat this oncoming horde of orcs. Hmm. It's though both are absolute must plays if you're if you want to do some co op ones. You want to play nice. a game that's really fun to play with, like a bunch of people or with your family. My daughter for Christmas a couple years ago got this game called Throat Throw Burrito. <laughs> that game is so hilarious! Like you literally have this little burrito that you have to throw at people. <laughs> it's so funny, and it gets kind of crazy. Yeah, that was that was pretty much my week. I just just got home. Yes, no, not yesterday. Day before yesterday, yeah. man. Yesterday just kind of was a blur. I just kind of chilled out and played some Power World and stuff most of the day yesterday, and just kind of relaxed from the week. But yeah, I just got home uh, Friday night, late Friday night, and it's like a over five hour drive for me. So it was it was nice to be home and just kind of relax for a day and chill i got sick this week yeah you did i came down with the flu and my dad now has it but <laughs> he's not doing yeah. too well ever given yeah okay <laughs> so i did play in shrouded 
a bit. I played my private game that I've been working on, and I've been posting some pictures of the base I've been building, which has been taking forever because I'm hollowing out a mountain pretty much. Yeah. Completely? Huh? Completely hollowing out the mountain? Almost. Uh, Quite a bit, yeah. (laughs) It's a big project, and I decided to use a flooring that required materials that are not exactly easy to come by, and you need a lot of them. So that's been fun. I just barely finished the floor. I have a really long challenge for you. No. Hollow out the entire mountain and build a castle inside of it. No. (laughs) (laughs) You knew where I was going. No, that would take way, 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 way too long. (laughs) That Just that one room took me two days to hollow out. Wow. And it's a big room. Still, it took forever. And then, of course, I got roped into playing Pokey Puke. I mean, Pal World with Archon. And there are elements of it that I do find very entertaining, like that the teamwork that we've been that we've been doing. I am I'm still very much on edge about it. I, I can go either way at the moment. I have been enjoying playing with my friends. That's the one element that I will say that I have really enjoyed. I don't know if I would play it privately though, on a private world. I it, I don't think it holds enough interest for me yet. It's definitely but, more fun to play with other people. That's yeah. for sure. I think that's what its main target is: playing with other people. Otherwise. Most of the survival games get boring for me if I play with just myself. I can play well, see, Enshrouded like, alone perfectly fine. Or yeah, with Enshrouded, Enshrouded has a good story to it as well, whereas, like, Power World doesn't really have a story. Not at all. None. So, like, it is, it's definitely more catered to playing with other people or, you know. It's all another... based around gotta catch them all. At least Pokemon has a story to it. A little bit of a screwed up story, but it's got a story. Trust me, if I tell you my issues with Pokemon, y'all would laugh at me. <laughs> I have a lot we of issues We laugh at you it. anyway, so... I, okay, fine. I really like Pokemon. Problem is, is after uh, Black and White, they've gotten so simple on their story. Instead of your rival picking your weakness as their primary, now you, they pick what your Pokemon is weak to. Or not weak to, strong against. Hmm. Uh... And they've made it to where it's too easy versus the original games where you actually could have a challenge. Now it's, like I said, you're... you're uh, still easy. <laughs> it's easy, but it's... I don't have to but, think about type differences and stuff when I'm playing. My rival is weak automatically against my primary Pokemon, so it's like, why? Why do that? You're not teaching anybody adversity or how to figure out how to play the game if you're making it where all everybody you fight is weak against you automatically. My my biggest thing with Pokemon, like I love the games. They're crazy addictive for some reason. The whole catching them all thing is like super addictive to me. I have to like, you know, catch them all and stuff. But my biggest issue is that every single game, be it that you go to different locations, is the exact same story, except for Arceus. Arceus is the only one that has a different story. Every other one is exactly the same. Oh, I gotta go to these different towns, beat these different gyms so that I could get into the main place and fight the champion and become the champion. That's the, literally the story in every so, single game. So here's here's my counter to this. That is not the main story of every single game. That is the That is the route to become the champion. The actual main story of every game is the story against the team rocket or team galactic and those that is the story of the games in my opinion the the goal to become the champion that is what it is that's going to be the same in most games including uh, uh i'm playing what violet 
right now. And that's pretty much a story of that one, too. But they have a bunch of other things. The main story is the uh, antagonist story, not the actual See, but that, uh, that going is, to gyms. See, I think that's honestly. OK, so the main the story is what you follow to beat the game. And that's going to the gyms and becoming the champion. The story with Team Rocket and all that is just like a little side sub. We threw this in just to add something different in each game. And even that's not that different. It's and that's why exactly the same. And that's why I disagree with you, because you don't really beat the game until you have collected all the Pokemon for the Pokedex. That's the only time you actually beat the game because your main quest in the game that's is to fill the Pokedex. That's not true because you beat that is when true. You, when you be, that is when you be, literally the the whole premise of the game is filling the Pokedex. Is is got to catch them all, but when you become a champion, the credits roll. When the credits roll, you've beat the game. You may not have completed the game. You may not be a hundred percent completionist, but when the credits roll, you beat the game, and that's when you become the champion. Now, the one thing I do. Agree I do agree that that is the primary story for Violet. Uh, the I can't remember what the other one is. Scarlet and Violet. That is a story, but they went in and they actually made a story for going to each of the gyms and stuff. They didn't just say, you're going to go town to town and beat all these gyms. There's actually a set story that happens as you go to each gym. Yeah, I haven't played that one, but I think I think we've bored Widget. I think, he, I think he's ready. <laughs> we, we he have bored like him. We have bored him to tears. <laughs> I was trying to get through something, and you guys went on a huge tangent, but yeah, well, that's power what we too. Did with, that's what we did with Rooks, too. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I didn't say it was a bad thing. Just saying it's not my cup of tea, because I, I don't like those games at all, so I have no comment. <laughs> I love Pokemon. I know my son has always been a huge fan of them. And yeah. If you love Pokemon so much, how come you haven't got in on our, our Power World server yet? Because it's Power World, it's not Pokemon. Yeah, it is. yeah, but you, you'd, you'd still like it a lot. Dude, I still got to beat Zarcius and Violet and Sword and Shield. My problems with Pal World is, um, for one, the crafting is annoying as I'll get out, having to hold F to craft for several minutes at times. But the dungeons are really, really poorly designed. There's only a couple of preset dungeon layouts, and every one of them you can go right to the boss. You can skip everything else in the place. Go right to it, and it's the same boss room, just different, larger versions of the regular pals. Have you noticed that if you don't go straight to the boss, though, and you go into the random ways, that there's lots of treasure chests and stuff in every dungeon? There's one or two. I've, I try to I've, get a couple of them when I go in, and they don't really throw anything. They throw a couple of the uh, Team Rocket, oh, I mean, um, the bad guys in there, <laughs> yeah. and they're no big deal. It's really no challenge. It... it Kind of boring, honestly, going through them. But I want to get to the chest at the end of the boss so I can hopefully get a schematic, which <laughs> honestly does not happen very often, but it is what it is. And it's just not much in the world other than the pals. Yeah, they they definitely need to add... I mean, it's still early access. It's not the full game. But the, there's definitely some things they need to add. In there are some significant issues, but I can see where the, the appeal is for a lot of people. So it's good. I've been. My, I was just gonna say real quick. My biggest issue is the like the pathing issues at your base. That is a big problem. The AI is really bad. Oh, your the your bases are designed to put your pals to work and have them do like different jobs and stuff around your base to make your life easier, so you don't have to sit there and hold F to craft. 
but half the time your pals won't path the right way to get to where they need to go to do the crafting and then they get stuck and then they don't do what they're supposed to do and then yeah it's kind of interesting i found a a channel on youtube that i got pretty hooked on lately and it's an ant channel it's called um ant ants canada now i don't care about ants i don't care about bugs <laughs> i don't like them but they built a giant rainforest vivarium with the whole solo goal to make it a self-sustainable environment. And they, they introduce new elements every week to build out this environment, like the fish or the aquatic system, to help d- degrade the plants and to provide food for the plants. And the, it, the way that they have built and how it's sustaining itself and the stories behind it, like how the, the insects and the, the small animals interact with each other, like the frogs and the lizards and the little beta fish and the crabs, it's it actually has me really hooked, and I look for I look for every every week to see a new episode. Okay, okay, I just googled this on YouTube, or I just YouTubed it, and oh my god, that looks amazing! Yeah, they did an absolute brilliant job with it. I mean, the guy can build them, and the way they have it, and everything in there is natural and living, except for the dead moss, but that's also used for the different insects and animals anyway for nesting and stuff like that so all the everything in there is reproducing the crickets everything that that's sounds awesome cool. i might have to go look at that now i'm gonna have to watch <laughs> that it sounds, <laughs> that sounds like something that i can have like playing in uh, up, up on one of my monitors or something while i'm playing the game i found it and i was like okay this is kind of interesting and i was sitting there going "Ooh, <laughs> what is the ants doing now <laughs> The first picture I saw was the video, the pic, the uh, thumbnail of him, his epic two-month update on his giant rainforest vivarium, where it shows it. I haven't watched and that episode yet. I'm, that's no, the one I'm that just came saying out today. <laughs> the thumbnail of it and how that vivarium looks is just yeah. amazing. I'm gonna have to watch this now. They get in really close to the cameras, and it's really, really neat. Like they had a couple of invasive species that came in with the plants and stuff like that when they were planting them, and they let them be. Like a a horde of ants that came in or they're evasive were taking over the entire vivarium. So he introduced like uh, plants to eat them and and different animals that would interact and and basically control this ant population so that the other two natural species of of that environment would be able to thrive a little bit. And it's just so cool. I mean, it's gross sometimes like watching baby crickets come out of the ground. But you know what? It's still really neat. And I've... Loved it. It's been so much fun. So big shout out to them. They do an amazing job with it. The guy's voiceover work can get very annoying at times. You won't believe what happens next every 10 minutes. But <laughs> it's still really, really cool. And he, can, he really gets into it. So I, I highly recommend it. That's Ants Canada. 100 years down the road or 100 years down the road, humans stop existing. And all of a sudden, this whole thing breaks out of its ca- encasement. And becomes what Earth is. <laughs> He's even talked about doing simulating seasons to see how the, be how the rainforest interacts during the seasons. So that's going to be pretty cool. This is. It sounds like this is just a really huge science experiment it showing really how the ecosystem works. It really is. And guys, we're just over a month away from WonderCon. One month, yeah. yeah. That reminds Which me. I, just... I have to get my recorder. Which just yeah. remind, or which just uh, today I, I realized happens to fall during Easter weekend. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't think of that, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to. We're going. Yeah, we're gonna be there for sure. I'll still be there, but now I gotta 
figure out some things. But yeah, I'm definitely still still really there's, looking forward to it. There's ways to celebrate. Well, that was our show today, guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Well, let's get into some get into some news if I can talk straight and talk about a little bit. So, what do we got, Rook? Well, uh, so the problem with modern day streaming purchases, quote unquote, is you're licensing the ability to you you use the purchases. Um, You don't own it. Renting it. Yeah, Yeah. and, and it's a long term rental. And the reason why I say it this way is because Sony is dissolving Funimation since uh, they're rolling everything over to Country Roll, and they are wiping all the users' purchases and increasing the Country Roll prices as Funimation shuts down. So everything that they spent, people have spent money on on Funimation, instead of giving them the purchase on Crunchyroll, they're gonna have to go back and repurchase it on Crunchyroll. Well, which that, that's gonna lose. I guarantee that's a lawsuit you, waiting to happen. I mm-hmm. guarantee you, they are either gonna start giving people credits that they can use on Crunchyroll, or there is going to be hell to pay. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was gonna say, but I wasn't sure if I was allowed. Yep. The first thing I saw was it said Sony is erasing library purchases people had paid for. And I was like, this is what the number one problem with all of this Steam, Netflix, all that stuff you purchase things through. Hopefully they do give them credit because you can't say, hey, we're creating Funimation. We got Funimation and Crunchyroll. We're merging the two into Crunchyroll and we're going to get rid of all your purchases from Funimation. Yeah, that's not merging. That's... That's just hostile. Yeah, they should have just rolled those purchases over. It that's not good. Yeah, that's very poor marketing on their part. So we'll see what happens in the long run. But so far, uh, they're looking at I believe it was a June time frame of when they are going to be fully switched over. It's either mm-hmm. June or July. It's one of the J months. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda live orchestra performance. Yeah, uh, I was. I find this one interesting because Legend of Zelda has some of the best sounding music for orchestral play. Nintendo of America posted on their uh, page that they did a Legend of Zelda orchestral concert. And what's cool is one of the questions put in here is if you had for the rest of your life, you could only ever play Zelda on mute or listen to the music from the franchise without ever playing again, which one would you choose? Honestly, I really like listening to the orchestral music from Legend of Zelda. Some of the uh, most iconic music in the gaming history has come from Zelda, especially um, mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ocarina of Time had some really good music to it. You can whistle some of the basic tunes from that, and people who don't play the game know it. Yeah, yep. very true. So the uh, Nintendo, Nintendo of America uploaded... A beautiful live performance that was pre-recorded in Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> Naturally. It, Nintendo. Of, of course. It yeah. was scheduled to be part of Nintendo Live 2024 in Tokyo. It features tracks from the entire history of the Legend of Zelda series, including uh, adventurous re- arrangements from the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda Ocarina of Time, and many, many more. Uh... I recommend listening to it. It actually sounds amazing. They even have video of the game playing on a screen behind the orchestra. I love it. It's I love those kind of things when they do live recordings of those. Yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed watching a few of those. There's, there's that one group that did um, 
they had a for a while they did a concert series all over the United States and around the world of different video game music and it was an orchestra performance and I've I always wanted to go see it I never got a chance I don't know if they yeah. still do it anymore I know Philharmonic Orchestra out of I forgot where they're based out of but they actually do a There's lot a of, of them. pop culture yeah stuff I, like I, that i mentioned this on a previous episode the grand yeah. rapids symphony usually does one almost every year they do at least one type of like video game concert apple is moving away from itunes on pc with new applications their solution make people use three separate apps instead of one that's apple oh, for fine. you yeah so instead of just having everything in one stop shop like itunes you go to now apple music if you want to do music and podcasts Apple devices for your all managing your devices, Apple TV for your TV shows and movies. It's another money grab is what it boils down to. So it is. Uh, if you go more in line with what they do on the phones is what it sounds like they're doing. Uh, they should have kept iTunes for the PC because you can download everything through iTunes and upload it to your phone and watch them on those three apps on your phone. But I guess they're trying just to just make it a one for one exchange between PC and the phone i, I guess <laughs> i've had an iphone for as long as i can remember and since i think iphone 2 and i could not tell you the last time i had itunes on my pc so i it, i don't see how it's really gonna f i mean i use itunes no for work anymore. to unlock yeah. and fix all the broken Apple devices that happened all the say, time. The only time I ever used iTunes was a long long time ago for like you used to have to upload everything to your iTunes if you got a new phone and then transfer it mm -hmm. over but nowadays you don't even have to do that. You yeah, just for literally hold one phone against the other phone and it just transfers everything so like you don't even have to do that anymore so I haven't had iTunes on my computer and I can't even tell you how long. It used to be between when you're going between Android or Microsoft onto Apple, you had to go through iTunes to upload everything. But yeah, it, it's, it's only it's been, been the past five or six. For a while. It's only been the past what seven or eight years that they've actually done that. The first generations were like that. I've only had one Apple product my entire uh, one Apple phone my entire life. I've had Android or Google from the beginning. Yeah, getting getting rid of iTunes. I mean, that for me, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, that's not going to affect anything. I, they could have done it, and I would have never known. It's just I've used Apple Music on my phone forever, and I mean, I don't use Apple TV, but like Widget said, though, it's going to affect him personally, uh, work related. Yeah, it's going to have I, some I, implications, and it, it's it's just a money grab with Apple and. I'm. I, everyone knows I'm not a big fan of Apple, but I'm not even going to go near that that loophole right now. Yeah. The Fountain of Youth is a T cell. In January, scientists published in a journal they have found a way to reprogram T cells to fight aging. T cells are a very specific cell in the human body that controls certain elements of your genetic. After using them to eliminate specific cells in mice. The scientists discovered they lived healthier lives and didn't develop aging-associated conditions like obesity and diabetes. They are doing further studies on this and plan to do f future human trials. No, well, let's see how that goes, because if, uh, if they can make it where we can live a longer, health, a longer life, feel like we're 40 years old at the age of 80, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yes right. and no. Yes and no. 
because if you start making everybody live to be 200 years old, then population is going to become a major problem. Because yeah. if, if, if more people are being born, but less people are dying and living twice <laughs> as long, then, uh, yeah, the world will get very crowded very fast. Birth rates have actually dropped across the world, well, most places of the world, in the last, like, uh, five years. Well, and let people live another hundred years, and then instead it's... of stopping having kids at like 30 you can have kids until you're like 80 or 90 and then everybody's gonna have a tribe of 10 so let's be honest by the time that comes around we'll already be living on mars and we'll have to populate mars so we're good all right then (laughs) yeah we'll just overpopulate you know like all the different (laughs) sci-fi series including the game that we talk about quite a bit yeah, and then we'll and then we'll have to uh, we'll have to create a federation to monitor all of that, and then uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a Disney uh, Plus thing you have in the notes. Yeah, Disney Plus is uh, Disney themselves have been shooting themselves in the foot repeatedly with a machine gun for the last couple of years. They have lost billions across their different uh, avenue revenue streams, and one of the big things they've been doing. There's two of them. I'm gonna get group them into one. One of them is you'll no longer be able to share your password this summer. If you do, your account could be blocked. Disney Plus has lost billions last year. And their solution, people are just sharing their password with 50 other people. That's stupid. Yeah. Obviously, mm. obviously, password sharing is the loss of billions, not the crappy stuff they've been putting on their streaming platform. Yeah, and, and in theaters. The, mm-hmm. Here's the reason why Disney is losing money. They have no original ideas. Their no. way of making money is, oh man, everybody loved Sleeping Beauty. Let's make a new live action Sleeping Beauty. I oh, everybody loved Toy Story. Let's make a live action Toy Story. I oh, literally... everybody loved Moana. And then when they do that, action. they change the fundamentals of those movies completely, and which and really like takes them. people off who love the original movies. So, two right. statements. There is a recast of Cinderella that I liked uh, way back when that had Brandy and Whitney Houston in it. It was actually not bad. I've seen that one. I have the, seen that one. And I, I, it was good. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say is um, I think the last original thing they did was Frozen. Hmm. No, they did that one movie that no one liked and everyone hated and it just was awful. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Uh, what was that They're movie called? I, I, I don't even remember what it was called. It was yeah, so bad. I watched half of it and turned it off and could not watch the rest. And All right, let me rephrase it. It was a lot worse. And the Inside last Out, good original they had was Frozen. Inside Out came out after Frozen, and that one was decent. Okay. Um, and then what's that one? Uh, Elemental. That I think Elemental is the most recent new one that was pretty It was decent. a flop. It lost actually quite a bit of money. Did it lose money? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Every single my, Disney my production in the last three years has lost money, mm-hmm. including Marvel so and Star Wars. So what's their solution? Did you did you see? They just recently announced it. Yeah. Mo- mm-hmm. Moana 2 and Toy Story 5. Let's go back to our <laughs> franchise that used to make us money, Toy Story 5. No oh, one cares oh, about any Toy this. Story after 3. Disney decided to relaunch Star Wars Episode 1 in May. <laughs> Yay! Well, well, putting the it back in—they're th- putting it in theaters, but for the 25th anniversary. Yeah, that's and, that's brilliant. Unless so. they were planning on <laughs> remaking it and making it good, then yeah, not happening. Mm-hmm. Here it is. We're gonna put it in theaters and see if it makes us a little money, so we can recoup all the losses we've been making. Because we've all missed Jar Jar Binks. 
Oh, yeah. Hey, we all know Jar Jar Brinks is the real Sith Lord in the entire series. What's going on with Australia, Brooke? So, uh, interestingly, uh, Australia is going to be passing a law called the... uh, Or a new law will give workers the right to disconnect. So, after hours, if you're on the uh, company call and whatnot, and you hit an after hours... Based on the article, you will be able to just hit the disconnect button and your boss won't be able to do anything about it because you're they're not forcing you to stay at work anymore, uh, which is awesome because Australian workers already are rated among the world's best rested and most personally fulfilled employees. On a side note, related to this, though, did you guys know that America is considered the most overworked country in the world? I'm not surprised. We're the only country that works a full 40 or more. And requires yep. overtime. Like places like Japan, they actually give their employees an hour nap time mm-hmm. or yep. more. And they have like sleep pods and stuff in all their businesses. And, and it's considered offensive if you're not tired at work because you're not working hard enough. Yep. <laughs> it's just. Damn. I, I've seen videos like in Japan, they have like you go out on the roof and do like workouts together and all kinds of stuff at your jobs. In France, they get two hour lunch breaks. Yeah. And they yeah. work a six hour day. Yeah, we we work more than what uh, a bunch of people say we need to. But the problem is, is in America, at least, you can't survive on the pay they give us here. Yeah, you're not Very even true. working without. Fully. So that's all I'm saying about that. <laughs> yeah, before we go into politics like that, we're going to snip that one right there. But I bet you <laughs> I bet you uh, Widget would love that. That law to come here. How many times do you get calls after hours that you're just you just want to hit that disconnect button? Like, oh, I'm all done. the time. I'm nope, I'm denied. sorry. I don't I don't get that option unfortunately. But yeah, it's it's brutal sometimes. Being yeah. Anyway, in tech news, Universal Memory Breakthrough brings the next generation of computers one step closer to a major speed boost. Something we have not had in quite a few years actually. It used to be back in the 90s and 80s. It was massive leap after massive leap. It's kind of been in a stalemate in the 2000s since about 2010. The new material, dubbed GST-467, which contains germanium, antimon, antimony? Antimony, and antimony, something like I know that. terbium and I know of germanium, but I haven't heard the other one, was used as one repeating layer in a stacked layer structure. I'm not trying to figure out how to break this down in layman terms, but known as a super lattice. A super lattice is a very intricate interlocking system. And could pave the way for universal memory that can be replaced both short-term and long-term storage. Because right now, computers use short-term memory, which requires a constant power source called RAM, or random access memory, and your long-term memory, which is your hard storage. Nowadays, it's NVMe or solid-state, much faster. But this will replace all of it. And it can be a lot faster, cheaper, and takes a lot less power. Ooh. This is a study that was published back in January 22, and we could see something come to market by 2025 that's cool that would be nice especially the cheaper aspect because it seems like lately like the the higher end stuff is starting to get kind of stupid expensive yeah i remember when we first had to buy memory it was a hundred dollars per gigabyte now it's you can get a gigabyte or it's like what less than a dollar a gigabyte right now i think so yeah it's it's amazing um how much memory has changed but this will be awesome especially for games for gamers and stuff who have the computers that have big uh so will they storage will they use this type of this type of repeating memory for like video cards and stuff too yes 
The multi, the super lattice is what allow it to do, and and it might even eliminate the need for a GPU. So there are there's also um, a card by AMD being made right now uh, that actually has a pretty good built-in graphics chipset. It's not the greatest. You still need a GPU if you want to handle really high-end gaming. If this was to be put on it and it could get rid of that's what I'm looking for, get rid of GPUs and it's cooler, that will be good. And GPUs are mostly built of dedicated RAM. Mm-hmm. Most people don't understand yeah. that. They do have its own processing chips, but it's mostly the, the the different type of RAM that the GPUs use, which allows the computer to just use those resources to produce your graphics instead of trying to use everything else in your computer. Nowadays, mm-hmm. though, a lot of GPUs have been working in tandem with your CPU, your main processor, to increase performance. That's where a lot of it is because RAM in itself has not changed since the 90s in its core structure. Well. They've, and they've, they've made it smaller. They've made it faster by layering it, but that's it. It hasn't, in a fundamental way, it has not changed. Well, plus, if this new stuff is less power intensive, that means it's probably going to run a lot cooler, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so, the key part about that. Good pick. Yeah. Good catch. I could have sworn I just literally said that. Did you? Yeah, I That is where I got my idea for it because you, sorry, I missed that, buddy. But good catch, guys. Good catch. <laughs> so that would be that's huge. If it's running cooler, that's huge, especially in the computing computing world. So yeah, I'm a tech junkie and stuff like this. Just love it. We'll see Fun what fact, happens. Right? Fun There's... fact: While we're in tech right now, yeah, uh, Nvidia is the number one producer for high power AI chips at eighty percent of the market. Yeah, I know. Yep. <laughs> I didn't think of that until recently. So, what do we got in movies, buddy? I can go on tech all day. <laughs> all right, so movies, I, I thought they were done with Jurassic World because the way they ended with Dominion, it was the perfect end to the series, but no. Apparently, Universal Studios is setting a date for July 2nd, 2025 for the next uh, Jurassic World film. Wait, um, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just use the word perfect in Jurassic World Dominion in the same sentence because I, thought I said the, movie the perfect was atrocious <laughs> I said it's a perfect end to the series because it used all of the cast and it was a good end to the series the only uh, perfect about the ending of that movie was that it was done it, it was over like I was done yeah, watching actually it. on my cue I really liked that movie I I thought it was awful I thought the first Jurassic World movie was pretty good but then the two after it were just off. I, I kind of like the Jurassic World series. I do like the Dominion because they brought in the original cast and wrapped it all up that way, and it worked. But they're making another. They're they're looking at making another one. And Dominion really, was uh, very forgettable. Yeah, yeah. No, that's y'all's opinion, not mine. <laughs> but uh, July second, twenty twenty five. So my birthday in July. Tw- uh, my birthday in twenty twenty five is when they're going to do it. So we'll see what happens. They just kind of use the, the, the Star Wars trope where, oh, we'll make it interesting by bringing back all the old characters from all the old movies, too. And then people will be interested in it. <laughs> uh, also, James Cameron is report- reportedly making plans for Avatar 6 and 7. I know Joe's probably happy about that. <laughs> yeah, because everything I read is that they were stopping at 5, which is already wrapping up production right now. But I, uh, I always I won't complain. Wait, <laughs> yeah, I, I only heard of the five, but hey, I mean, if they're gonna make a six or seven, we can take Avatar right into the year twenty fifty. <laughs> they 
do what they did before. If they keep it up and it continues to be what it is, I will not complain. I loved Way of Water for what it was. I loved the first one a lot. Just keep it up. It's that perfect blend to me of science fiction and fantasy that just works. Yeah, I think they're okay. They're forgettable. Boom. <laughs> No, All right, uh, really quick. Let's wrap I, up I these, like last two, these last two. These last two things right. and quick, quick, quick wrap up. Wrap ups. TV Hasbro's file uh, has filed for new masks animation trademark, so that long dormant property might be making a comeback. Uh, we'll see because sometimes uh, they do the trademarks and then don't do anything with them. And then finally, yeah, it's a precaution. Yeah. Finally, in video games, Star Wars Outlaws is a new open world Star Wars game by Ubisoft with new and exciting planets and revisiting some original planets. It's set in the time frame between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And then it's a scoundrel story, but it's actually supposed to be a new original story, not rehashing what Star Wars has already done multiple times. And based on all the screenshots and gameplay footage I've seen, it looks pretty good. I've seen a lot of companies and a lot of like media, especially the, the gaming news, which isn't like mainstream media, thank God. Talk about how the Star Wars video games is what's been saving the Star Wars franchise lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that the movies and shows have been pretty bad, but the games they've been coming out with, especially the, really ones good. especially the ones that don't follow the main story, are great. Like, they always have been. Like, mm-hmm. one of my favorite games ever on the Nintendo 64 was Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. And was that was... Oh, good. Yeah. My favorite Star Wars series is Knights of the Old Republic. I do yeah. like the Knights yes. of the Old Republic series. That had a good that. series. Uh, what great was story, that? great elements to it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. What was the one that just recently came out? Like last year, maybe? Or the uh, year Jedi Survivor. That game was amazing. Have See, you ever they, played it? But they're touching in the aspects that for some reason, Disney and Star uh, Lucasfilms doesn't want to touch. And it's stories outside of the established canon of the movies. And it's like, like uh, the movie I like the most out of all recent Star Wars movies is Rogue One. Because they did something original, different, and told a story that filled a gap that was missing in this thing. Right. They have, they have so many options, but they keep screwing it up. And it's all because of Disney. Just trying to make cash grabs instead of actually putting thought and... Put it pushing towards making good quality content, yeah, and it's sad because it's my favorite series. Besides Star Lucas, Trek, Lucasfilms never should have sold their properties to Disney. I I agree completely. The, the everything that was good about them, like, is gone now. Even the Indiana Jones ones, they kind of crapped on those movies too. So. Yep, they're ruining all my childhood franchises. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's a sad but true thing. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the show today. If you want to reach out to us, the best way to do it for business in particular, podcastraw at gmail.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S-R-A-W at gmail.com. Our Twitter is podcastraw. Our Discord, if you want to come on, chat with like-minded people, talk about tech, games, Starfield, you name it, discord.gg forward slash raw podcast, R-A-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And our Instagram, Mr. Rook. Raw Podcast One. It's different, uh, but we do post on there nerdy things at, from time to time. And when we go to WonderCon, that is going to be loaded with stuff. And you can follow me individually on any platform, X and video game platforms, at The Widget. T-H-E-W-I-G-I-T. You can follow me everywhere except for Steam and X. 
as Tomcat213 or some variation of that. Steam and X is Rook213. And you can follow me on all social media at the Archon 606 or you can find me on gaming platforms at quick QWICK underscore D underscore 606. Have a fantastic nerdy week, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Y'all stay there now. You hear? Have a great week, guys.